This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And the sous chef of the garden... Uh, saying good morning to you. Good morning, Franklin. And nice to have you by here. Hi. Uh, once again, in a brand new year, of course. Uh, brand new. Yeah. And man, is it cold. <laughs> That's not so new. <clears throat> oh, my. I tell you, just driving down here, the temperature thermometer, yeah. I guess, or temperature on my car saying outdoor temperature was minus 22. Meanwhile, I had my thermostat inside the car set at 22. And I was like, wow, minute. 44 degree differential yeah. between inside and outside my car. Woof. Exactly. As a matter of fact, I get up, I couldn't have a shower this morning. The hot water, uh, it, the pipes had frozen. Yeah. So when I left, Shirley was busy hunting down the hair, the uh, dryer, hair dryer and, you know, to, thaw uh, those pipes. Apparently she got it working. Good. So everything's, everything's cool. And get them thawed get, before they bust. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Welcome along. Anyway, I better get the phone numbers mm-hmm. on the air here. Let folks know how to get a hold of you, Charlie. Yep. Okay. To reach Charlie Dobbin here at Zoomer Radio, it is very simple. In Toronto, call 416-360-0740. Then anywhere else in the province, one 866 740-4740. Our little mantra is call early, call often. One question per call. And uh, if you happen to be a first-time caller, hey, just uh, let uh, Sebastian, our operator, know, and he'll pass that along to me. And then when you get the air... You get the bell. Wings. Yeah. Garden wings. Garden wings. There okay, you go. well, you know, Christmas, New Year, everything has mm. started because we're back into meetings, uh, society, so a couple of couple of upcoming events. One, which I find interesting, the Royal Botanical Gardens wants your Christmas trees. Mm. Help them reach their goal of 3,200 donated Christmas trees. Because this time of year, RBG uses discarded Christmas trees, we're talking, yeah. you know, real, real ones, real ones yeah. to rebuild creek channels with berms. Oh. <clears throat> Particularly after last year, when the water levels were so high, they had all kinds of problems with uh, losing the banks, right? Mm. So mm-hmm. the trees are super important. The, these trees help keep the carp out, because they, that's the other thing. It's the carp that are in Lake Ontario, out of the bay, and facilitate the regrowth of marsh plants, creating habitat for native fish and wildlife. Drop off your live trees, stripped of all decorations, of course, at either Princess Point or at Valley Inn on Spring Gardens Road on the way to the Laking Garden between now and January 12th. Look for signage indicating the drop-off areas. So that's a great way to deal with your tree. Uh, The Ancient Court Garden Club is meeting on Monday, this coming Monday, 8 p.m., at the Knox United Christian Education Centre, 2575 Midland at Shepherd. Guest speaker is Lorraine Johnson on Gardens, Goats, and Greenway. Dessert table, coffee, tea, everything for a small donation. Everyone is welcome. 
It'll be interesting. Lorraine? Yeah, say it again. Garden goats? Well, goats? Goats, yes. Gardens, goats, and greenway. Okay. Okay, so I get the gardens and the goats. I'm just not sure what greenway means. So it might be a meeting we should go to to find out what exactly Lorraine is talking about. <laughs> she was here. She was a guest here on Oh, this. that's right. Yes. Remember she had the snazzy tights? Oh, well, the snazzy tights. Yeah. I should remember that, You huh? did mention them at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> the Scarborough Garden and Horticultural Society meets this Wednesday. Wednesday, January the 10th, general meeting and free presentation and entitled, Your Pain is Their Pain. So this is Preventing Bird Collisions with Windows by Uh Paloma Plant. What a great name, eh? Paloma Plant, who is the co-founder, project coordinator for the Fatal Light Awareness Program. Refreshments, of course, are included. Everyone is welcome. Doors open at 7 o'clock. Scarborough Village Community Center, 3600 Kingston Road at Markham Road. Alrighty. All right. Okay. That's it. All right. Well, caught up there. All the uh, goodies <laughs> going on. And we'll be back to have a chat. As a matter of fact, we have a, uh, a Jap on the line from Pilla, uh, Phil, <laughs> Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. There you go, Frankie. Uh, I lived in Philadelphia yeah. Yeah, for three okay. years as a small child. Well, you're going to be uh, on, on I air. I probably with... know Jim. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Jim, you hold tight. We're coming right back here on Zoomer Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, uh, Frank Proctor here doing a little uh, sleuthing uh, before we talk to Jim, or at least (laughs) he's listening to us right now. I'm looking at the PA on there, getting all messed up. <laughs> Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and Jim online. Jim, uh, you've uh, called the show before, have you? Oh, about two years ago. Uh, uh, good don't morning. even remember what the question was, but yeah. Oh, good. Well, well good welcome to have back. You back. Yeah. yeah. Yep, great, great. I listen to you guys all the time on the train and get the podcast, and you help make that commute much better. Oh, nice. Good to hear. What's the weather like, by the way, in oh, Philadelphia? Oh, it's freezing. It was yeah. 12 Fahrenheit. I'm sure that's negative for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's quite negative because 32 is zero for us, right? Yeah. 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 Cool. Yep. Yeah. And you got, yep. did you get a bunch of snow in the last few days? We did. Had yeah. a, that, uh, the nor'easter. What kind of bomb did they call it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The snow bomb the or snow whatever. Bomb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like frost bomb. <laughs> Not but, yeah, the heater just keeps running. It's freezing down. Yeah. A few people were shouting some F bombs out there, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Frank. Yes, Frank. Uh, Frank. Oh, my goodness. Well, they were. So, what's going on, Jim? Like a good gardener, Charlie, last weekend went out bargain hunting. So oh, I yeah. hit my favorite. Uh, garden center, and they had the last on the shelf was a 25 pack of oh. purple tulip blend. Mm-hmm. So got them, <laughs> looked at them. They had five that are in it that are bad, five bulbs that are bad. All okay. the rest look beautiful. I okay. uh, have a bunch of six inch round by four inch deep containers. Okay. Was going to pot them up in those. Yeah. I can't get them in the ground, obviously. No. To, and it's just frozen up, and I don't have enough fridge space to store that many containers. What's my next step? They don't have to bloom or anything, right? I just don't want to lose them. Right, right, right. Well, but nevertheless, they do need that. Well, you're right. Do you have anything that's that's sort of fridge kind of temperature? Like a... The basement, I could put them in a back corner up against and out the most yeah. far outside wall, I yeah. thought. Put yeah. some cardboard around it to keep that cold. But yep. that's only going to get down to... 
I don't know, 60 even. Yeah, uh, yeah. 60 are, you know, Fahrenheit again. But, but, you know, you make a good point. By getting them in, into some soil, watering them once, of course, put them into plastic bags, dark, could be green garbage bags, just something dark so that no light gets on them, and uh-huh. then put them in the coolest spot you can after you've watered and you've drained the water through so that they're not sitting in water inside the bags, <laughs> and then just leave them alone. Leave them for the next... You know, 10 weeks, roughly. And after 10 weeks, where will we be then? January, February, March. Um, oh, pull them out of the bags. And if they haven't had enough cooling, then you're right. The flower bu- um, buds may not have initiated, but the bulbs will still be alive because root growth will take place while they're in the pots, in the been watered once, you know, in the bags kind of thing. So... If you don't get flowers, you'll still get leaves, mm-hmm. and you're going to have to, whatever grows, let it grow. Uh, at some point, leaves will definitely grow, maybe flowers first, and uh, and then you're going to have to let those leaves do their thing. So they're going to be green leaves for another six or eight weeks. You're going to have them in the sunshine, of course, at that point. They'll be in a, you know, in a window ledge. If it's super warm, we get a really early spring, you never know. You might be able to even put them outside, but, but I doubt it in March. Maybe by April, you can go outside with them. And then just... Just let them do their thing. The, the green leaves will eventually fade away to yellow leaves. They, they will go dormant on their own. And once that's happened, then you'll get them into the ground in the, in the spring or summer when the ground is thawed. Into okay. a spot where they will flower in the spring of 2019, outdoors. Okay, great. Okay. Yeah. Frank, so, when I called last time, I said I was the initial member of the Frank Proctor International Fan Club. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrific. <laughs> All right, thanks for the info, Charlie. You're very welcome. You thanks for calling. Pleasure to talk to you, Jim. All the very best. Okay. <laughs> the International Fan Club. Isn't it? Yes, of course. I'm telling I think you. I've got a, maybe nine members now. Very unbelievable. <laughs> I know. Kim Cochelle up there in Aurelia. I kind have of, a card. I'm a yeah. card-carrying member. Well, she is the president, Kim, up there in Shoot. She knows all about that sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Silly stuff. Huh? Hey, uh, nice to have you by here this morning. And yeah. look at another old friend on the line right now, Josephine in Pickering. Hello. Oh, Josephine, uh, just going to have you hold on for a moment by getting word from uh, my uh, my boss, actually, Charlie, <laughs> saying, hey, we have to do a break. Just we do. Okay. Yeah, we, do. we do. And we'll be back to uh, right say back. hi to Josephine in just a moment here on Zoomer Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Charlie, just before we uh, join up again with uh, Josephine out there in Pickering, let me repeat those phone numbers for folks who want to get a hold of you with a question or a, a comment, maybe a nice little tip you can pass along. In Toronto, call 416-360-0740. And then anywhere in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Hello, Josephine. Welcome to the show. Hello, how are you this morning? Good morning, happy new year. Happy new year to the both of you. I hope you you. had a good season. Yes, indeed. That's good. Guess what? What? I never thought I'd see the day that I almost murdered a plant. (laughs) Really? My kids always say I have a green thumb, but if they saw this poinsettia, they'd turn around and say, Mom, what did you do? (laughs) So what, it lost all its leaves? 
Pardon? Has it dropped all its leaves? No, I'll tell you what happened. Actually, it's the first time I've ever had a poinsettia that the leaves were drooping all the time. So naturally, mm. I figured, okay, it's drying out. I felt mm. the soil. It was uh, kind of uh, dry. So I thought, okay, I'll water it. Uh-huh. Well, guess what? I drowned it. Yes, that's Ooh. quite likely. Now, the thing is this. I've taken all the dead stuff off, except for some, believe it or not, there is one flower. Okay. Now, can I cut it back now? Yeah, that's what I would do. Cut it back down? The stems are green, right? Yes, the stems are green and they're healthy. Yeah, so cut it down, and if you look at the stems, you're going to see little bumps on the stems. Yes, I've noticed that. And each of those bumps, that's called a node, Right. that's where a new leaf, well, there is a bud underneath that you can't see, a dormant bud at each of those bumps. So if you cut down to just above a bump. Okay. So, you know, how far do you cut it down? You may want to go down pretty low. Like, you may want to go right right down so it's only, you know, a couple inches tall. So maybe about three or four inches tall? Yep. It, yep, absolutely. Just clean cuts, get it into some sunshine, and do not water. Do oh, not I'm not water. watering it. I haven't watered it <laughs> partially drowned it. <laughs> well, I emptied some of the water out. And the other plants were saying, thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and keep in mind, poinsettias do not like the cold. So no, make sure it's not on a window ledge. It's been pretty cold, and I have it yeah. in the front room now. Yeah. The sun is pretty bright because I face south. Good. Yep, yep. There's it loves the sunlight sun. there. Yeah, I just find that there's a lot of cold coming off the glass yes. uh, on well, any of our window, window ledges. Yeah, so certainly many plants are just fine with that cold on the window ledges, but many plants are not. And poinsettias are one that do not want that cold window ledge. So other than that, yeah, cut it down. Don't water until you start seeing some real growth happening. Okay. <laughs> I'll never drown a plant again. <laughs> That's just too much love. Yeah, yeah. You do, you do. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thanks, Josephine. Thanks for calling. All right. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, that, that can be a, a problem, isn't it? You know, you kill plants with kindness. That's exactly you think right. you're doing the right thing, and oh no, I've knocked them off. So never water by the calendar. Water by feeling the, the soil. Or that, that idea of getting a, a, a um, mo- moisture meter. A, a meter. Yeah. yeah, a moisture meter is a handy little gizmo. It's like a probe. Well, I tried to go online to find out how much one of those cost. Yeah, they're like 10 bucks. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. okay. I was into the $50 range. I'm thinking, what the heck? Well, but, okay, they sell them at, I mean, a Canadian Tire. Yeah. They should have them at this time of year, Home Depot. Um, handy gadget to have, really. Oh, very handy, particularly if it's a big pot, yeah. in, you know, indoors. Little pots, you know, you can feel you can feel the weight, mm-hmm. you can lift it up and say, okay, it's heavy, it doesn't need water, or oh, it's light, it does need water. But you get into the big, you know, like a palm tree in a 10 or 12 inch pot. That's right. You feel the surface, that's not telling you anything about what's, going what's down on, yeah, six inches underneath. down, right? You got it. So that's where that little... That probe goes into the soil, and it's got a little dial, and it tells you what the moisture level is down, six, eight, ten inches down into the soil. Right. We're about minus 22 right now, with uh, a lot of folks out there not thinking too much about gardening at the moment. You I know, think not. And, and, and with good reason, right? Well, but just but in case no, you do. No, because this is the time to think about yeah, gardening. When yeah. it's gardening season, we don't have time to think. Now <laughs> is do. the time to yeah. dream. Okay. So this is the pull out the, you know, the seed catalogs and start you know dreaming about next spring's garden. I know that you've got a couple of emails that mm-hmm. uh, we can deal with in a moment here. Just let me repeat those phone numbers, just mm-hmm. in case folks are saying, is it a good time to call? Yep. You bet. It's a good okay, time. Okay, in Toronto, 416-360-0740. Then anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Okay, Charlie, uh, some emails you've got in hand there. 
Well, I got a, a one this week from we've got a lot of American visitors to our mm-hmm. to to me this week. Uh, this is Roscoe who sent. Oh, sorry, he's from Roscoe, Roscoe, Illinois. Oh, uh, this is Richard Nowicki sent an email saying, "I heard your show and recall hearing of many people helping feral cats survive this brutal winter, and a design that seems simple yet very reasonable to create can be found at the following website. Mm-hmm. And the website is www and it's all one word, feralcatcaretakers.org. So feralcatcaretakers.org uh, shows many designs for making shelters for stray cats. Mm-hmm. Um, he mentions, uh, like I said, he lives in Roscoe, which is apparently 90 miles west of Chicago, that Chicago has a huge rat problem. And feral cats can be a very good um, makes sense. Tool doesn't it? for mm-hmm. helping to cure the rat problems. So you know, good point. And when you look at the the website, it's it's quite extensive. It is put together by a woman who herself is a feral cat caretaker, and in Los Angeles. So of course, so she's dealing with far different climate than us, but she covers off right from you know California, Southern California type yeah. climate, food shelter, um, overnight shelter, out of the any kind of weather mm-hmm. shelter, rain, you know, wind, cold, and so she does show insulated shelters and that sort of thing. Yeah. But for an update on on my feral cat mist mist yeah mr mist it when did it get cold was it like last sunday when it got really cold yeah, i should have written yeah, it down I think you're right yeah whatever day it was like so we, okay so wait so sunday was new year's eve so was it the next day anyway whatever day it got cold see because he has heated water bowl outside and he has a heated uh, shelter which is electrically heated it's just got an electric pad inside mm-hmm. it that is heated to cat temperature yeah. and it's all waterproofed and and you know reason it's not like warm but it's obviously keeps them from freezing to death and um but as soon as it got into the minus double digits he sat at the back door because he's been avoiding coming in right this is a cat that won't won't make eye contact with me when the weather's good but as soon as we hit minus double digits he's like i'm coming in and he hasn't gone out since oh really (laughs) he's been in all week no kidding well smart cat well and he's funny because he follows me around wherever i am he's always right at my foot like he actually lies on my feet so he's always in contact so and you know obviously i can pet him i can't i can't pick him up but yeah he's imprinted you totally exactly exactly he follows me around he's like my little shadow so isn't that great can't step without looking because he's always right there and of course my regular house cat my carter is a little on the jealous side (laughs) a little po'd that that, he can't get in there for his own rubs because it's this other cats right there and i think that's part of why he's doing this sitting on me he's trying to say she's mine yeah yeah she's mine (laughs) (laughs) so i got i got a cat competition going on great yeah it's pretty fun Okay, um, uh, we have another... Uh, Did you want another email? Oh, sure, yeah. I have a lo- always have lots of email. Oh, okay. Speaking of which, I should probably, why don't you give my email address? I should do that, and I do will you know do that. It? Yes, I do. Right I off the top it. of my <laughs> noggin here. It is c.dobbin, that's D-O-B-B-I-N, at mzmedia.com. Okay, that's c.dobbin, D-O-B-B-I-N, at mzmedia.com. Com. Remember when we first started doing this show, yeah. you kept calling me Charlie Dubbin. Dubbin. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> I could have killed you. <laughs> That's so long ago. Oh, ten years you've ten been harboring y- this. Uh, exactly. Yeah. I've been remembering that. <laughs> oh. 
This is an email from Virginia Drake, okay. and she says, I have an amaryllis which is two to three years old. I have heard that when an amaryllis is brought back into the light and watered, that the flower grows first and then the leaves. Mine has sprouted three new leaves, but no sign of a flower. Last year, it grew back with a flower first. Is this normal? Should I fertilize it? How often should it be watered now? I've been doing it about once a week. Thanks for your help. See, that's why people email. They get to ask three questions <laughs> instead of just one, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so, Virginia, what you're experiencing is something that I have definitely experienced many times. I follow all the rules and I put my amaryllis to sleep and then when I wake them up, I get leaves and I don't get flowers because once those leaves come, that's all you get. You can continue to water and continue to get leaves and continue to fatten the bulb up with the, the leaves, right? Because that's what the leaves are doing. The leaves, if we're in some sunshine, will absorb that sun sunlight, convert it to carbohydrates, fatten up the bulb. So you want the leaves for the purposes mm-hmm. of fattening up the bulb. Should you fertilize? Yes, because that will also encourage more storage of, you know, more carbohydrate. Providing proper nutrients is always good for plants. So actively growing plants like your amaryllis is can be fertilized. Um, but you're not going to see a flower this, this time around. However, you know, you can go through the process, let it be green leaves all spring, all summer, and then again, force it into dormancy in late summer, early, early, early fall. So outside, once we're frost free, mm-hmm. outside all summer, bring it in, stop watering it or stick it in the garage, whatever. Stop watering it in the late summer and see if, you know, again, after a 10 week dormant period, it'll shoot up a flower stem or not. But I do have friends who have just left their amaryllis and they never force them to go dormant. They just allow them to be a green plant all the time. Ah, okay. Nothing and wrong with that. No, absolutely. I mean, it's a big plant. They have yeah. big leaves. It becomes, you know, you need space for something like that. So what that means is you never stop watering it. You all you water as required. I can't tell you whether it's once a week or once a month. It depends how big the pot is, what temperature it's in, how much sun it's in. <clears throat> so feel the soil before you water. If you leave the plant to be a green plant, a house plant, year-round, <clears throat> always with leaves, it will it will shoot up flowers when you least expect it. So it won't necessarily be Christmas time, but it will shoot up flowers just out of the blue. It might be July, it might be March. Hey, any time is welcome. Right? Yeah, so if you've got the room and you you know you're able to allow that plant to be a house plant, then try that as an as an option instead of the struggle of dormant and forced yeah. dormancy and then waking up and frustration, etc. Just let it grow. Let it be a green plant and get some flowers when you get them. You got them. Okay. okay. Uh, you know, at the top of the show, we always do our little mantra, mm-hmm. call early, call often, one question per call. Yes. And you know, there's a there's a listener in Philadelphia, <laughs> Pennsylvania, who <laughs> really abides by that little mantra. In yeah. fact, let's welcome him back now. Wow. Jim, Philadelphia. <laughs> Hi, how are you doing again? Hey, good morning. <laughs> morning That's again. Too funny. I didn't want to get a ticket. An international yeah, ticket could really be a problem. Uh, no kidding. You know, uh, just the conversion of the money is costly. I <laughs> um, wanted to talk about milkweed, but follow up on my tulips, Charlie. The six-inch containers, looks like they'll handle four bulbs. It's okay, they're kind of close, but just don't have them touching. No, you can actually have them touch when you're in, in pots. 
So, oh, so uh, like, jam is five or six. Yeah, okay, jam as so. many. And remember, you're not going to bury. See, outside in the real world, of in the ground, you're right. Bulbs shouldn't touch. Mm-hmm. And of course, we we dig them down six, seven, eight inches, depending on how many squirrels are, are around who might dig them up. <laughs> but uh, in pots, you leave the little noses, the little pointy bits, just right poking up out of the soil. Oh, right. So you don't need to. Okay. Yeah, so they don't go right down to the bottom. That you'll have soil in the bottom, and the tulips will be sitting on the soil, and then soil will go around, but you will see the bulbs. Okay. Okay. Okay, I'll dig those back out. Uh, Milkweed. (laughs) I I know they have to be stratified, the seeds, I think that's what it's called. And I pulled some pods. They're in a drawer right now. I wanted to, I guess what, put them in, again, these six-inch containers, and then they need to probably go outside and get frozen. Is there a way I can work it so I can get plants out of those for next year? What I would do with those milkweed seeds, okay, so uh, they're in the pod still, so they've, you'd have to separate the seeds from the, the fuzzy uh, chaff, if you will, and um, I could double check this, but what I, off the top of my head, what I would do is similar to what Frank and I did with the acorns when we collected those in the fall. We did stratify them, you're right, that is the right terminology, and what that means is you need to give them a cold period. The refrigerator, like the seeds you have, um, well, what we did is we just took a Plastic, Put them in the Ziploc. Yeah, plastic yep. Ziploc bags, some, some just, you know, just moist, clean, fresh, sterile, never been used potting soil. Dumped the acorns in there, zipped them up into the bag and stuck them in the fridge for, for three, two months, two and a half months. And they, they germinated in the bag. So it was very obvious. You could just take out those germinated acorns and then plant them up into pots. So my impulse would be to do something very similar like that with the milkweed. Um, rather than trying to put pots in the fridge, just put them into a bag. Okay, but do, do separate all that chaff out because that'll all start to rot, right? You just oh, okay. want the seeds. Yeah, just make it pure seed. Yeah, pure That'd seed, be, and, and just put a bunch of seed in. Don't worry about how many. Yeah, don't uh, worry about you how think many. They'll sprout. I think they might. Okay, uh, <laughs> just make sure it's clean. It's clean, yeah. sterile potting soil. Brand new stuff. Yep. Okay. Okay. All right, great. Good. Thanks, Thanks again. for calling. Good, good to have you again here on the show, Jim. All the Jim's going to listen to the podcast and yeah. be able to listen to himself. Yeah, exactly. There you yeah. Go. Hey, what a thrill that is. Huh? I bet. Boy, Thanks. a radio star. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break here and then come back to get out to Unionville to say hi to Francis here on Zuma Radio. And uh, we broadcast, of course, live and direct from Liberty Village, the Zoomerplex. <laughs> Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, let's uh, say hi to Francis in Unionville. Welcome to the show, Francis. Hi, good morning, guys. Good morning. Um, I had this beautiful, beautiful, tall uh, rosemary plant that was in a a big pot outdoors all summer, Mm -hmm. doing beautifully well. And I brought it into my sunny uh, south-facing porch, mm-hmm. and it was doing fine until last week, when a lot of the little leaves just froze. Oh, huh. I know. So I brought it in, and they did. Uh, the frozen ones dried, dried up, fell off, and I do have a couple of branches that are still green mm-hmm. and alive. Um, what do I do with the rest of it? So you have some branches that are still flexible, supple. You can tell they're still alive. Yes. And the others all just all dry and defoliated, probably. Yeah. Trimming off all the dead would be the best thing to do. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it might end up being so. Is it kind of one side is alive and the other side is dead, sort of thing? Or uh, yeah, that's about it. The center part is still mostly it's around the, in the center. That's alive. Oh, good. Okay. Oh. So you know what? Trim it back. Trim all the dead off. It's going to be a much smaller plant after this. But all that trimming you do is going to actually be quite rejuvenating for the plant. It's going to actually pop out a bunch of new growth as a result of doing all that trimming back. And and make sure you clean up any of the foliage that's dropped onto the surface of the soil so that you're you're back to a you know clean, good looking plant. Mm-hmm. They are very drought tolerant plants. So remember, be careful. It's smaller now. It's going to use less water than whatever you were watering or however often you were watering. You're going to water less often, same quantity, but less frequent in order to keep the plant happy and healthy and and growing. And in the next, you know, six weeks or so, we can start fertilizing all of our indoor plants and really, again, feed that the longer days that are coming and the plants are going to really start, you know, responding to the longer days. Even the temperature is going to get warmer at some point Uh and the plants will respond to that. And so it'll be appropriate to fertilize at that point. Okay. So even even by pulling all the little dead uh, leaves off, it's not going to sprout Along the branch no, at all? No, 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 no. It's just going to shrivel up and. Look. But it's a good thing that the live portion is yeah. in the center mm-hmm. uh, because then it'll be symmetrically. I would think uh, better yeah, than still, just one nice side. It's tall, yeah. oh. it, so I'll just leave that part alone. I won't. I won't trim that part at all. Okay, well, yeah, bottom line is take off anything that's dead. Okay. Okay, and then stand back and look at it. And you're right, if you like it kind of growing as a taller plant, then leave it. If you want to, again, force out new growth, trimming will do that. Give us a call when, you know, a couple of weeks' time or whatever uh, to see how how uh, the progress is. Yeah, and good for you for keeping it as as you have from bringing it it outside, sorry, from outside to inside. Because rosemary is a kind of a tricky one to bring in, I find. They often don't get through the winter very well. Huh? No, no. My little ones, if they're, my, my small plants have never made it through the winter. Okay. But this was, nice you know, a, good, a nice big one, yeah. had, was healthy, had lots of soil in it, and I thought, it'll make it. Yeah. Aw, uh-huh. it, it, a little, little <laughs> frosting. Well, they are what's considered a tender perennial. Yeah. So that's what's happened. It's respond, you know, the, the cold temperature, it's responded to that by losing some of its newest growth, which yeah. is the stuff on the outside edge, yeah. edges. Okay. Okay. Thank you, guys. I'll try that. Okay. Good luck with that, Francis. Thanks a lot. Thanks for calling. Thanks for joining us here on a Saturday morning. A beautiful-looking day out there, but very cold. Yeah, look at that blue sky. Not a cloud in the sky. Yeah. Uh, Let me reach for the bell. Yes, indeed. We have a first-time caller. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Joanne in Toronto. That's for you, my love. Uh, Welcome (laughs) to the show. (laughs) Thank you very much. Good morning. Good morning. You have your wings. I have, uh, my question is, I have never any luck when I bring my plants in from the garden and this, I have a Christmas cactus and I have an Irish shamrock flower and I have my um, spider plant and as soon as I bring them in, in the last three years, they just die. I don't know if it's to do with the heat in the house, the gas, but I've never no luck. They just seem to die. I mean, I have to re- every year I have to buy new ones, and they're beautiful in the summer. Mm. They're great when I bring them into the house in the um, in the sp- fall of the year, and then when the heat goes on, they're gone. Hmm. So are they anywhere near a duct? Are they getting hot air blowing on them? No, I have them in a spare room up in the back, and the sun comes in there in the morning. It gets a lot of light, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a, a temperature, a nice temperature, but not to the extreme of the rest of the house. And um, they just die. They just go limp. Oh. Okay, so uh, what about watering? When you bring them in, I assume well, that you... I, I don't water my, I don't water my, my uh, tropical plant, my 
Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, Christmas cactus uh, too much because it's dry, mm-hmm. but the rest of them I do literally keep them moist, you know, and... Um, but they just seem to rot, rot completely. So, yeah, it's it, when when they do rot, it's... Okay, so remember what's happening. When they're outside, beautiful sunshine, obviously humid summer, uh, plants are super happy, everything's great. When we come inside, even if they're going right in on a window ledge, the light level drops quite dramatically because our windows have all kinds of UV stuff that's blocking... Uh, extreme sunshine from getting into our homes and fading our furniture because we care about those things. The plants suffer as a result of the lower light levels. So one thing you might consider next year, at the end of the summer, you know what plants you want to bring in. So um, before, rather than going straight from outside to inside, while they're outside, start a process of moving them into the shade outside. Lower the light levels outside over a period of, say, two weeks. So move them into shadier location over a period of two weeks. You know, like start, you mm-hmm. know, a couple mm-hmm. hours one day and then, you know, leave mm-hmm. them there for, you know, a mm-hmm. couple of days. Mm-hmm. And you'll find yeah. that it won't be as shocking to come inside that way. It'll be a better transition and, oh, and, okay. and also be very careful with the watering. If they do appear to be going limp and rotting, that's totally an indication of too much water. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Mm. And the Christmas cactus, you can actually leave that out to get some frost. You will have better flowering if you leave it out right till Halloween, if if you can, just because oh. the, it, the Christmas cactus really responds to the short days plus the cooler temperatures. So when you bring oh. it in, it'll be covered in buds. Uh, okay. If you leave it out there till it gets cold. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Thank you. And can I ask you another question? Actually, uh, you know what? We have to kind of hold firm on that. Oh, do call, okay. back. call back. I can, I can almost guarantee you're going to get back in if you call. <laughs> just, just hang up okay, and call well, right back thank in. thank you very, very much. I'll call back. All right. Thanks that's wonderful. Calling. Thank you, Joanne. All right. <laughs> there you are. All yes, righty. Patrolman Proctor's uh, always well, on it. I almost had to hop in my motorcycle there. <laughs> Chase her down. <laughs> We're going to take just a little bit of a break here because we have another caller online we want to get to, of course, up in... Uh, Wasaga Beach. That'll be Julia. So, Julia, hang tight. We're coming back at you here on Zuma Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Sue Chef of the Garden, Frank Proctor. Normally, you know, when uh, Charlie thinks of Frank and uh, Wasaga Beach comes into mind, she thinks of me and my Speedo. But... <laughs> How do you know? Uh, well, uh, I'm just assuming. So uh, that's not the case I know today. Hello, Julia. Really? Well, welcome to uh, the show. Good morning. Good, good morning, morning, Julia. Yeah. Um, I have a hibiscus plant that I've been dragging around for the last 35 years. Oh, nice. Wow. Yeah. And now all of a sudden he's looking very sad. Oh. Um, the leaves seem to be droopy. Um, he just looks sad. Uh, it's not. It hasn't bloomed at all this year. Mm-hmm. And as I say, he's just looking sad. So has anything changed? The location? You um, moved? or? Uh, no, it's been the same place for the year. Yeah. It's not very warm in the, in there, but I don't, it's not that cold. <laughs> it's in my bedroom. Is it getting much light? Well, we haven't. None of us have had much light this past <laughs> month. True, but still, <laughs> when the when the sun is out, is it is it a room with windows facing uh, yeah, south it's or east west? Side. Oh, east. It's okay. A, it's an east side. Uh, yeah. And is it the hibiscus close to the window? Uh, yes, right in front. Okay. No, there's no covers on the window. Uh, no, not. 
No, it's okay. got lots of uh, any light that there is, it okay. gets. No, that's good because hibiscus really responds to light. This is a plant mm-hmm. that wants as mm-hmm. much light as you can give it. Um, mm-hmm. All right, and you. Uh, so, does it go out in the summer at all, or is it an indoor? It didn't last summer. No. Uh, I've just moved into a. Re- well, I've been. In, I'm in a retirement home, so mm-hmm. it's hard to get it outside. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They um, get big. They're hard to to mm-hmm. move around. Um, yeah. Uh, so, what I would suggest is. Um, yeah, so it is a fairly, it's a new location in the last year. And yeah. when was it last yeah. repotted? Like years and years ago? or? Uh, we put some new topsoil in them on, uh, in the summertime. Okay. So, you know uh, what? We chopped it up a bit. Yes, I'd just be super careful with watering it because the eastern mm-hmm. location is not as bright as you might wish it to be. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. just remember, um, do let the leaves go limp in between waterings. So oh, okay. So and you know if they're limp and the soil is dry, you know it's time to water. If they're mm-hmm. limp and the soil is moist, you know it's definitely not the time to water, and you've got to mm-hmm. wait until that soil dries right out. If the leaves are limp and the soil is moist, it means that the root there's been some root degradation and rotting in the roots. So mm-hmm. you've got to really, really just hold off, like wait a month before you do any watering, if that's the case. Um, oh. And remember as well that, as I mentioned with one of our earlier callers, as we're, you know, as winter starts looking a bit more spring-like and the days get longer, it will be very appropriate to pull out the fertilizer. And again, the hibiscus will respond to a flowering plant fertilizer in a month or so. So, oh, okay. So be careful with the watering in the meantime. You know, feel mm-hmm. the soil before you water. Mm-hmm. And maybe even one of those moisture meters that Frank and I were talking about mm. could be a handy item because I'm sure it's a fairly big pot that that mm-hmm. hibiscus is in, and mm-hmm. there's no yes, way you can really a, stick your a, fingers. Quite a, a large thing, yeah. and I've got it on a wheeler thing so Good. that I can move it around. If, sure. Yeah, and turn if it. Need be. That 180 degrees. You want to turn it in, in front of the window oh, okay. on the little dolly. Good idea. Always yeah. remember keep it keep it um, moving so that you've got a f- balanced growth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me know how that all works out, Julia. Okay. Thanks for calling. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, So mm -hmm. I just need to interject for one second. What Julia was saying is very interesting. My dad moved in. I moved my dad into a retirement Mm -hmm. residence last March, and he took with him a hibiscus. So very same story. It came out of his condominium where it had been facing south and west in a solarium, bloomed nonstop because it loved mm. that location. It's now in his retirement residence in a, a room where it faces west, but it's not getting that same amount of light. The window is smaller. Oh, There's right. sheer curtains over the over the window. It has not had a bloom on it since he moved. Oh, So yeah. he was like, oh, you know, I sort of feel bad that, you know, the poor plant, because we could take it upstairs. There is a whole garden room upstairs in the retirement residence, and I'm sure it would bloom up there. But then, well, he wants it in his room. Well, well like sure. we said, you know, it's kind of nice having it here. It's, it's, like it's, yeah. it's like your friend, right? Your buddy. It's big. It's green. It's adding oxygen to the air. It softens the room. So either way so he's not getting the the blooms i did open his curtains and so we're, we're hoping and maybe yeah. we'll get some little bit some, extra light might, little, help. might make yeah. a difference in the next what month about, or what so about the lamp uh yeah true grow light. So yeah grow light maybe okay okay well a suggestion from frankie can there you, believe you go it? <laughs> frank the gardener <laughs> you should have you should have seen the shocked look on charlie's face well hey mary <laughs> mary and Keswick, welcome to the show good morning mary <laughs> Good morning. Uh, my question is about um, amaryllis. Yes. Uh, the thing is, uh, before Christmas, 
I thought, well, I'll wait closer to Christmas. Mm. And I just realized now I haven't taken my amaryllis out of the uh, basement. Oh, yeah. Okay. What I'd like to know is, um, and I don't want to take them all out at once, mm. is... Uh, is that unreasonable? Will it? Uh, will they still bloom? Like if I only take the last batch out in March? They should, as long as they. Um, yeah, they should. They, and that's actually a really good idea to bring them out staggered, because that way, yeah. of course, you will have blooming over a much longer period of time. So, absolutely, yeah. I guess depending on the quantity that you've got in there, yeah, bring out one like every Sunday, bring out a new one or whatever. You know what I mean? Like or <laughs> a couple at a time, just because that way you should be able to get that you know gorgeous, uh, gorgeous. Uh, forest right. of amaryllis. Okay, okay, that was my question. Good stuff. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Thank you very much, Mary. I uh, love it. Mary's got that many amaryllis piled up in her basement. That's cool. Exactly. You know, I don't think we have time for another caller no, in any case. Uh, do you have another email that we could uh, quickly slide in here? No, but I want to tell you something interesting yeah. I learned this week. Okay. Did you know, there's been some new research, did you know that flowers, petals, the flower petals um, actually communicate with bees go on yeah uh researchers from the university of bristol discovered that many flowers produce not just signals that humans can see and smell but also ones that are hidden to us in the signals of heat we can't see the heat in the petals but the bees can so they the scientists conducted a number of experiments using artificial flowers that mimicked the heat patterns but were plain in appearance they looked alike to the human eyes but the bees could tell them apart so in addition to providing invisible messages to the bees warm flowers offer another perk as well they keep the pollinators warm so offering a cozy stop for insects while they do their work the warmth allows the pollinators to maintain a body temperature above their minimum threshold for flying so so you know early in the morning yeah. or late in the day or, or early in the season it's a way that the pollinators which typically are the bees in this case so heated petals right. keep them warm while they're collecting nectar and drinking drinking some pollen. It's pretty cool, eh? Well, how about that? So then? heated petals and the patterns they offer serve as a boon to both bee and bloom. It's a secret language of sorts. Now, only a couple of years ago, it was that a big concern that we're losing bee we populations. Are, is that still happening? Yeah, yeah, we still are. Every year, uh, approximately 30% of the of all the bee colonies don't survive the winter. So so they're able to split the colonies yeah. to get back to the numbers they need. But the problem is when you split a colony, then you lower your honey production and you stress the colony quite a lot. So uh, we've talked about this before. Maybe we'll do with it a little bit next week. And the fact that we human beings have to become pollinators ourselves. And there are ways no, to do that. No, but we don't want to yeah? do that. No? We humans need to plant more flowers. Oh, is that what That's it is? That's what we need to do. Oh. Yes, you're okay. right. Bottom line, we can go around with paintbrushes, but it'd be way smarter to just plant more flowers. Okay. By planting more flowers, we can we will have more pollinators. It will it will just happen. Oh, that's okay. one. It's it's the degradation that is the problem. Okay, they need flowers. All right, more about that maybe next week. Uh, but I think that wraps so. You up. started me on something. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Rank. <laughs> Thanks, all our great callers. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at nine on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740.
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.